Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about what happens in the brain when people make music together and the ultra-precise control songbirds have over their singing. We'll also answer a listener question about whether animals can get skin cancer. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Remember at the start of the pandemic when people sang songs together from their balconies? Even after videos of this went viral, people kept singing, playing instruments, and making music together as we all got used to stay-at-home orders and pandemic anxiety. All that pandemic music making inspired neuroscientists to take a look at what happens in the brain when we make music together. Their findings add more evidence to the idea that music is more than just entertainment. It's central to human experience, and it helps us connect with others on a deep level. This might sound like old news, but this study looked at music making in a different way than others, through the lens of social neuroscience. Social neuroscience is a new field that combines the stuff that happens inside the brain with the larger context of the society and culture around us. While previous studies have looked at what happens in the brain when an individual makes or listens to music, along with how people react when they make music together, not many have looked at what happens in the brain when people make music together. So, in this new article, researchers proposed five key brain functions that help people connect to each other through music. The first are empathy circuits. Empathy helps us understand other people's emotions, and musical collaboration can boost empathy. Next, oxytocin. Oxytocin helps us feel a social connection, and that's why people sometimes call it the love hormone. When we sing together, we produce oxytocin, and that helps us bond with one another. Dopamine is another important element in making music together. This neurotransmitter is central to the experience of reward and motivation. It's released when we're anticipating a musical climax or a familiar chorus, and it produces a feeling of pleasure. Language structures are also in the mix, since the call and response in musical dialogue taps into the brain's language center. And finally, there's cortisol, a stress hormone. When people make or listen to music together, cortisol levels fall and stress goes down along with it. That's extra important during a global pandemic. The main takeaway? All that music making at the start of the pandemic didn't happen just because people were bored. Generally speaking, when people turn to music, it's for more than just fun. Music is a powerful tool and a core feature of human existence. Even when the world feels like it's falling apart, music brings us together. Speaking of music, researchers love studying birdsong. And a team in Denmark has just announced a dynamic new discovery. They found out that songbirds have an incredible degree of control over the muscles they use to make music, with some neurons responsible for individual muscle fibers. Songbirds sing using a special organ called the syrinx. It's at the base of the trachea, right where the two lungs come together. The syrinx is surrounded by muscles that can twitch really, really quickly, about a hundred times faster than muscles in a human leg. The researchers behind the new study wanted to know just how precisely the neurons in a bird brain can control the muscles that make birdsong. They started off by looking at syrinx muscles under a microscope and carefully following a motor neuron to the point where it attached to the bundle of muscle fibers that it controls. 
Then they counted the number of muscle fibers. They combined those observations with data about activity in the brains of singing birds to model how information flows from the brain to the muscles that surround the syrinx. Most motor neurons in the animal kingdom control quite a few muscle fibers. In the human leg, a motor neuron typically directs the movement of hundreds or even thousands of muscle fibers. In something as precise as the human eye, it's one motor neuron for every five or ten muscle fibers. But according to the researcher's model, a lot of motor neurons associated with singing and songbirds control just a single muscle fiber. In fact, one in five of the motor neurons behind birdsong control just one muscle fiber. It was such a surprising find that the researchers had to double-check their conclusion. They experimentally activated single motor neurons and then measured activity in the attached muscle. And sure enough, some motor neurons directly controlled just one muscle fiber. Now, you might be thinking, one muscle fiber? What difference could that make? Well, that's what the researchers were asking, too. So they created an experimental setup that let them blow air through a syrinx while controlling the muscles with small motors. It turns out that the songbird's intricate control over those muscles gives them singing precision of less than one hertz. By comparison, there are 415 hertz between neighboring keys on a piano. Perfect pitch, anyone? That kind of control is important because the quality of a bird's song can make the difference when it comes to attracting a mate and passing genes down to the next generation. Evolution, anyone? Ah, the things we do for love. We got a listener question from Toby in Longmont, Colorado, who asks, Can any animal on the planet that spends most of the day unprotected under the sun get skin cancer? Great question, Toby. The answer is yes. Wild animals that spend time in the sun do get skin cancer. The sun causes skin cancer when UV rays damage the genetic material in skin cells. At first, this causes a sunburn, but enough of it over time can lead to skin cancer. So really, any animal that spends time out in the sun without protection can get a sunburn, and eventually, skin cancer. Scientists have seen skin cancer in all sorts of wild animals, including fish, whales, dolphins, turtles, ducks, penguins, goats, rabbits, lions, and hippos. But wild animals also have an arsenal of tools they can use to avoid sun damage. First, they can take cover in shade or an underground burrow. Some also have built-in protection, like hair, fur, feathers, and scales. These coverings act like our clothing does and block sunlight from ever touching the skin. The skin pigment melanin helps too. I mean, giraffes actually have more melanin in the outer parts of their tongues, which seems to help them avoid getting a sunburn while they're fishing for leaves high in the trees. But for animals without these adaptations, there are other things they can use. Elephants and rhinos will coat themselves in dust or mud to shield their skin from the sun, and pigs do something similar. Hippos actually secrete a red liquid that gives them protection from both UV rays and harmful bacteria. Wild, right? And a whole lot of animals, I mean basically every vertebrate except mammals, naturally produce a UV-blocking compound called gagisol. Though scientists aren't sure if that's what these animals use it for, or if its sunscreen qualities are just a lucky side effect. But if an animal does get sunburned, the same thing happens to them as to us. 
Their skin gets red, and it sometimes can blister. And just like us, that sunburn can eventually lead to skin cancer. So it's important for all animals, from sharks to human sunbathers, to protect their skin from sun damage. Thanks for your question, Toby. If you have a question, send a voice recording or an email to curiosity at discovery.com or leave us a voicemail at 312-596-5208. Before we recap what we learned today, here's a sneak peek at what you'll hear next week on Curiosity Daily. Next week, you'll learn about the first ever scientific tool to cure hiccups, a new quantum microscope and the impossibly tiny things it can see, why kids don't get sarcasm until the age of seven, the deep web, and more. Okay, so now let's recap what we learned today. What we learned is that neuroscientists say that when we make music together, it taps into five brain functions. Empathy circuits, which help us understand each other's emotions. Oxytocin, which helps us bond. Dopamine, which makes us feel pleasure. Language structures, since lots of musical dialogue is just that, dialogue. And cortisol, a stress hormone that lowers when we make music together. In essence, making music is a core part of human existence, and it helps us heal when times are tough. I do want them to rerun this study using the hit video game series Rock Band. I mean, yeah, that would be a great study. It's very controlled, you know? You can only play the certain songs. I mean, I feel like there might be a confounding variable in there with, like, having to actually control this, like, fake guitar. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, I love that game. It's great. Uh, it is an artistic representation of a guitar, yeah. not a fake guitar. <laughs> it's a toy plastic guitar. Let's be real. It is. But it's really fun. <laughs> it is fun. It's a great party game. Yes. And we learned that songbirds have incredible control over their songs down to one hertz, which is like 400 times more precise than a piano. Scientists discovered that this is because some of the motor neurons in their syrinx, the bird version of a voice box, control just one muscle fiber. That's really precise. I'm so impressed. Maybe we should measure bird songs in plonk lengths. (laughs) Nice. Yes. I feel like I have to tell you about this app I've been using for birds. When I first had a bird feeder last year, I downloaded this app called Merlin. It's created by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. And last year, I would use it to actually take pictures of the birds that were at my feeder, and it would be able to identify them and be like, it's probably this bird. And I'll be like, yeah, that is that bird. You're you're right. So now they just added this feature where you can basically Shazam birdsong. You just press record when you're hearing a bird song, and it'll be like, I think it's this bird. And according to a lot of birders on the Internet, it's very accurate. Wow. It's so cool. I can't believe the technology has come this far. That is super cool. And this is not sponsored, by the way. We're just, we like birds. Yeah, we, I just love birds. And this is from a university. And yeah, they're not paying me for this. It's better known that you love birds. But I also have a bird feeder. I set up right on my balcony, right outside my office. And I love when birds land on it and eat. It's so good. It's great. They're like pets that you don't really have to take care of. I mean, I'm feeding them, but, you know, I don't have to clean up after them. Yeah. You get to, like, watch their little social interactions and stuff. Yeah. Like, there'll be there'll be one that's like, oh, please. Oh, let me just take one seat. And then there'll be one who just, like, comes in and spends 10 minutes just, like, chowing down. I was doing yoga one time, and this goldfinch was eating for literally 10 or 15 minutes. I'm just like, what? You're eating your body weight. Hey, man, it takes a lot of energy to, to fly. 
It's, it's hard work. I can only imagine. We also learned that wild animals do get skin cancer, just like humans. But they also have good ways of protecting themselves, like hiding in a burrow or having a healthy covering of fur or scales. Those can help, as can covering themselves in dust or mud. Some animals even make their own sunscreen. Hippos secrete a red substance with UV-blocking properties, and most animals produce a chemical called gadgesol that can protect them from the sun's rays. Where do I get some of that? I know, it's not fair. We don't make it. What the heck? But in answering this question, I did learn something very cute, that elephant mothers will put dust all over their babies to kind of show them, this is what you do. You, you, you cover yourself in dust in, in the sun until they learn to do it themselves. And I just, it's, you know, it's like being on a beach and seeing a human mother put sunscreen on her baby. I just love it. That is adorable. Today's writers were Kelsey Donk and Grant Curran. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who is also a writer on today's episode. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Have a great weekend. Spend some time making music with your friends. In the sun. What the heck? Just don't forget the sunscreen. And then join us again Monday to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. 